Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hello. Uh, this is podcast number 69, Giggity Giggity. And uh, we are one week away from the end of the regular season. One week. That's it. This time next week, the regular season will be over. Over. I think this is the, the fastest season in NHL history. As oh, it's far gotta as be. Like I, I, we can look it up in time Wikipedia. Perception. It's yeah, it's got to be. It just we just started. Like in it doesn't. I, I my I, my brain <laughs> can't believe that it's the end of the season already. Like I still feel like it's during the playoffs last year. Like because yeah. I went to Vegas in round three. You just got back. I feel like I just got back. <laughs> like what's how is how are we already back to the playoffs again? Like it, yeah. it's crazy. Well, as someone who's a little bit older than you are, I can say, and this is the disappointing statement. It only gets worse with age. I've the passage that. of time speeds up dramatically for every year you gain. And the good news is you're still alive, but the bad news is uh, the, the, the wall is rushing towards you ever faster. Yeah, that's right. And, and time just flies. Just even the weeks that go by. I've had a very busy few weeks at work. And last week, I, th- I remember sitting, I think it was Friday night on the couch and saying, I, never, I can't believe it's Friday night already. I can't believe the week went that quick. Mm-hmm. It's never gone that quick ever. Until this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Just crazy. It's, it's, it, it's pretty insane. Uh, anyone who's younger who's listening. I, I, Enjoy every I second of yeah. being bored. If you're bored right now and you don't have anything to do after you watch the podcast today because it's a Sunday and you've got nothing to do, cherish that. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> don't grow up too fast. Yeah, really. Uh, first off, I'd like to congratulate uh, Renews New Brunswick on their Craft Hockeyville win. It was uh, huge news for, for them and, and us specifically because we made that video uh, trying to get you guys to vote. So if, if you guys did vote and help help us out, uh, that was awesome. They don't uh, announce the vote total, so we don't know if Renews won by four votes, in well, which case we might have had a role to play, or 400,000 votes. We don't know. Will they never? I don't think they will. I don't think they actually release the the vote count. That's unfortunate. And of course I misspoke during our video. I said he could only vote. We could vote with one, only once per email address or something. I believe I said, which I had heard that's how it was going to work. But when I, of course, when we recorded that, the voting wasn't opened. I hadn't tried it yet because it wasn't open. So when I tried it, I thought, oh, you can vote again and again. Of course you get to a certain number, 10 or 20, then it starts asking you if you're a robot. Yeah. And uh, then once you start clicking on the robot thing, and then it starts asking you to select certain, like it'll show you a picture and it'll say, select the streetlights. Yeah. And then you have to select the street. And I got to that point. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And apparently if uh, someone found a trick in that, I, it was after basically, I didn't read it till voting was essentially done, but someone said, cause there's always two choices because it needs to be um, disability friendly. If you have a visual impairment and can't pick out the streetlights, you have to have an option. Oh, yeah. The option is the little speaker icon. If you click the speaker, it tells you a word or something. And if you repeat that word or type that word in and click OK, you get it far less often after that. Oh, really? Pointers for next year, folks. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Pretty cool. But uh, anyways, that's yeah. a, it's a huge news for, for us. Uh, there, what that means is, number one, they get $250,000 for arena upgrades or whatever they want to do with it as far as uh, their f- arena facility. Um, that means that there's going to be an NHL preseason game in Renews, from my understanding. Well, it would, it'll be awarded to Renews where it physically happens. It may be the same situation as O'Leary had two years ago. Oh, yes, you're right. Where the, where the arena itself just doesn't have the facilities and really doesn't have the ability to put enough people in it to, to make it a real thing. 
So that, that's a very good point. It'll likely happen in Miramichi. I'm guessing the Miramichi Civic Center in Newcastle will be yes. the, the the nearest decent-sized venue to Renews. Yeah. And it's very close to Renews. It's just 20 miles down the road. So that would work out well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, that that's great news for, for Miramichi. And uh, we will definitely, I would assume, be making the trip over to to see that game. I hope so. Hopefully if we can get tickets or... That might be a little harder this time because we don't have the... Uh, we don't have the, the local connection like we would have with, like you actually got tickets from the NHL themselves, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But we're a PEI media entity, if you want to call us that. So it might've been easier if we're trying to get, like we used to live near the Renews Arena in NHL, would you give us some tickets? <laughs> They're probably going to say, well, we, we think we're going to probably prefer people who live there yeah. now, not used to. If we have some friends in Miramichi. Oh, we, we've got friends. Uh, hopefully we, we, got friends. we can get some tickets. Yeah. So. We got connections. Yeah, we'll definitely be uh, making the, the trip. Um, I think maybe reg- I'll probably try to make it regardless uh, just to see the festivities and everything and congratulate everyone and uh, vlog the whole thing. So it should be a, a, a great time. So that'll be happening this coming fall. Mm-hmm. And $250,000 is nothing to sneeze at, but it won't mean that the renews Tom Donovan Arena is rebuilt or anything like that. $250,000 is a lot of money, but when you're talking ice plants, and structural changes and things like that, uh, you're talking a lot more than 250000 would buy. But there will still be tremendous enhancements. Oh, definitely. Maybe a nice warm room to redo the canteen, maybe redo the dressing rooms and, and the boards. Boards and glass is a big thing, uh, especially now with the safety uh, yep. concerns and some of the old traditional boards that are still actually made of wood. Uh, <laughs> and Emory News may still have those. I know they used to. Uh, may be on the chopping block and some of that money can go to fund that. Charlottetown across the the road or across the river from us here, uh, the Quebec Major Junior League has mandated that all arenas next year have to have the new uh, flexible glass and flexible boards. And that's going to be, I think, about a $60,000 cost for this arena, the East Link Centre where they play now, and the entire East Link Centre is on the chopping block to be replaced at some point in the next couple of years. But yeah. they can't delay that expenditure or else the league could actually kick the team out Dang. for home games next year. Well, at least they can transfer the boards once to the new arena once it's built. Precisely. Uh, so they're they're now going to have to dip into their pockets and buy that. So Renews can really do a lot with 250000 not a whole new arena. Like when Doaktown's arena collapsed due to the snow load a couple of years ago, thankfully it was covered by insurance, but when they rebuilt the arena, it was like a it was millions of dollars, six million bucks, yeah, I think, crazy. altogether. So that's a lot of money for an arena these days. Yeah, it is definitely. But congratulations to Renews. Uh, several of my fairly close friends and, and neighbors from Facebook, all up and down the Miramichi, and really all over Atlantic Canada, uh, worked really hard and voted. Some of them voted a thousand times. That's crazy. They had voting stations where you could show up and just click, 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 and and just keep on voting and voting. They have it down to a science. And probably if they didn't contact the O'Leary people and said, you got any pointers? They would have been crazy not to. I'm sure they've they've had pointers yeah. from other places that won Hockeyville. Exactly. And uh, just fantastic effort. And, of course, in the memory of Thomas Dunn. Yeah. Uh, and his mother was interviewed just after the announcement by Gary Bettman last night, they, they put her on TV and she was just, you know, coming apart, which is what you want to see. Like it was very emotional. Yeah, it was, it was very it was touching great. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> it was great. So good for them. Definitely good for them. Congratulations to them. And, uh, congratulations to another person, Alexander Ovechkin, who scored number 50 and number 51. And 51, correct. Which is pretty incredible. I think mm-hmm. that's eight seasons now with fi- at least 50 goals. And, uh, he needs nine to tie Mike Bossy and Wayne Gretzky. 
Do you Real, think he's got enough in the tank? Left realistically, the- <laughs> he can probably score 50 goals for another at least three seasons. Oh, yeah. So we might see him in the 11, 12 kind of range. We could. By the end of his career. So We could. Uh, I think that would probably set in stone that he would be the greatest goal scorer of all time. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. I, I would even say agree. that now. I, I think I think he's already attained that status as far as I'm concerned. Considering the amount of uh, competition that's in the league, and the the difficult the difficult time basically every player has to achieve those historical numbers from from past eras in the NHL. Yep. It's not easy. It's it like for instance, uh, there's no goalie playing alive today. I think who will ever catch Martin Brodeur? Oh, for victories and shots. Not in today's NHL. I don't think. I so. don't think the I league has think. changed so much that there's just going to be so much parity, and yeah. so it's going to be so difficult to be dominant. And to be dominant in the league of this generation is to be truly exceptional. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Ovechkin is. Yeah, truly. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the Islanders have clinched a playoff spot last night, which is pretty big news. They've done it without Tavares, and they've clinched before Toronto did. They did. Well, uh, Toronto had a chance to clinch, and they, they lost in regulation to Ottawa yeah. last night, so they haven't clinched yet. So, I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted that, to be honest. Number one, that maybe the Islanders might not even make the playoffs without Tavares, let alone clinch before Toronto. And it's not like Tavares is having a bad season in Toronto. He's having pretty much a career season. Mm-hmm. So it's not really Jonathan Tay's fault. Or John Tavares' fault, sorry. Well, how could it be Jonathan Tay's fault? <laughs> JT. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not really Tavares' fault. Yeah. No. Who do you blame? Who do you blame? On Toronto, who do you blame? Who do you blame for the Islanders' success? <laughs> um, I, I don't think the Islanders' success is in any way tied to anything that's happening in Toronto. I agree. Including Tavares. I agree. And uh, But so, now, who do you blame for Toronto's slower success? And a you could say injuries, especially in the on D. Um, you can just say D generally, and uh, because they have no trouble filling the net, but the problem is they can't stop the other team filling their net. Their inability to beat non-playoff teams uh, in this last couple of months—that's fatal, as Montreal has shown many is years. It's a little in a row. spooky. It is. It is. It's a little spooky. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, back to the Islanders. I really think that uh, there are some great stories. In, in New York, I mean, Robin Leonard, this his personal story, mm-hmm. what he's gone through, where he's been, where he's uh, come up until last night. He got to play against his old team. They got to clinch at home, uh, and the fans love Robin Leonard. So uh, it's great to see someone have a, that much of a bounce back in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And the awesome. Islanders have clinched before Pittsburgh, who has not clinched yet. Yes, that's uh, correct. Which is interesting. And, but, you know, the only way Toronto, just looking at the standings, the only way Toronto doesn't get in is if someone else claims third place in the Atlantic. They'd have, they have to lose out every single game. They'd have left. to lose out, and Montreal has to win out. They would finish one point ahead of Toronto yeah. and actually get into third to face Boston. Yeah. Toronto would probably still be in the playoffs with that number of points. They have 97. Maybe. And they would still be in the playoffs, I'm almost positive, and they would likely play... Uh, either Tampa or Washington again. Mm. So uh, it's, look, it's a week left to go, and this is going to be a great week of hockey. It is. We keep saying it. Stressful week of hockey. Stressful. A little bit for us. For us, like, we've already lowered our expectations for playoffs, haven't we? We've accepted the fate of our Canadians. We have. Montreal is numerically tied with Columbus. 
with uh, 92 points now, which in, in, if you're in the West, you'd be sitting pretty with 92 points. Mm-hmm. But in the East, yeah, not so much. I was telling you this off camera earlier. The crazy thing is, like we put the jerseys up behind us in order of standings each Sunday morning. Uh, the crazy thing is that if Montreal had have won the game that they lost in overtime against Carolina and won the game against Columbus that they sh- really should have won earlier they were this ahead. week. They were ahead in that game. Then Montreal, you would see them here. They would actually replace Pittsburgh for eighth in the league. I think, like, <laughs> that's what's crazy. And they might not make the playoffs. They probably won't. They probably won't. Like, that's crazy. Because Three the, points would make, would put them there. Yeah. That's how close. And, and the teams that just don't get in, and this could be Montreal, it could be Arizona, it could be Columbus or, or Carolina if Montreal does get in. You, your team will not get in with probably enough points to have gotten in last year and the year before and the year before. But the, the team that just doesn't make it in will be really wondering about every play, yeah. about every game they played all season long. Because guess what? It's not about the next three or four games for all these teams. It's about all the games they played out of 82. And if they poop the bed back in November on a game they should have won, that could be the game that takes them out now. Well, you talk about, like everyone's saying, Montreal's the harder schedule, which they do to finish the season. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that these other teams that have easy schedules didn't play those exact same hard teams earlier in the year. Well, that's right. So, I mean, like they all have the same schedule at the end of the year. And the teams that Montreal's playing, unless they don't have, unless they have something important to play for themselves, they're going to be resting their better players. They're going to be resting their, their number one goalie and probably putting in the backup because they're allowed to lose the game and it's not going to affect their fate. Mm-hmm. So Montreal might end up facing teams that normally are the better team, but maybe have decided to dial it down a bit to save up some energy for the playoffs, in which case a team like Montreal might have a chance. Look, look what happened to Tampa yesterday. We'll go through the games, mm-hmm. but Tampa's probably starting to pull back a little bit. Uh, so I don't think they were last night, not against Washington. There's a serious rivalry there. We'll talk about it. But <laughs> We will. Uh, in other news, have you heard about R- Roberto Luongo? Well, I, I heard that uh, that he won yesterday. I <laughs> oh, heard that's that. Not, that's not the news. No. Uh, this may be his last season. It could be, yeah. He I has, have heard that. He still has some years left on his contract, um, but it looks like this could actually be his last season. So what's going to happen probably is that he's going to report to training camp next year. He's going to fail intentionally, uh, and he's not. He's not going to. Apparently, he's not going to stay in shape as much as he should, and he's going to be a little punchy. He's going to be intentionally out of shape, but he's going to. He's literally going to show up and and stuff. So that it, it's, it's a weird situation. He's, they're doing this so they can place him on long term uh, injury reserve, mm-hmm. and uh, that takes away a penalty from Florida. And I think Vancouver, I think, I can't remember exactly how it works, but um, it's, it's unfortunate, but we'll see. And that might not happen. So that's just what what's being reported at the moment. Did so. you see some of his stops in yesterday's game against Boston? You can't talk about the game. when We're, we're not going to talk about the game later. But we're talking about one of the players that was in one of the games from yesterday. Are we only allowed to talk about players that didn't play yesterday? What? I'm just when I'm I'm to your point. If you watched him play recently, like yeah, maybe yesterday, if you watched him play, you'd think this guy is uh, he's got a lot left. Florida won the game because of Luongo last night. It was unbelievable. Or yesterday afternoon, rather. But, but we're going to get to the games later. Don't talk about the game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, if he does go away, if Bobrovsky comes in, 
hypothetically. Okay. Because, you know, if you're signing a big contract, you probably want to do it in a place that's you want to spend a lot of years in. Florida's not a bad place to spend a lot of years in. Correct. They have good good tax benefits. Get yourself a nice condo up on the beach. Exactly. And if, Pan- yeah. if Panarin follows Bobrovsky, because they've, now they've got the same agent, maybe they can work something out. Um, how scary is that team next year? Terribly scary. Terribly scary. Can they compete with the likes of Tampa as far as positional standings with just the addition of those two players? I, d- I think they can. I think they can because as, tr- as Florida is getting, is beefing up even more, and they've already got a pretty good team. Uh, Tampa is getting a little older all the time. Tampa can't acquire that kind of talent this time, I don't think. You know, your McDonough's and uh, Stamkos, they're not... You think Stamkos is old? Well, I think his best years, he's at the top. He, he, can't, he can't get any better than he is He's now. peaking. He's peaking. Okay. He's peaking around the corner. He's peaking around the corner. <laughs> but uh, you get... Just look at the uh, now. Some of these names are, are you know, Russian names, but maybe are from Finland or whatever. But you've got uh, you've got a Russian pool of talent that could be in Florida that would be similar to what Detroit had twenty years ago, and developing better. I think that Florida being where they are this year is a bit of a blip. I think that I mean I'm serious. Like next year, you better be scared of Florida. Because they're going to be one of the best teams in the NHL, I do believe. If they can, if if they can land Bobrovsky and Panarin, or maybe even just Bobrovsky, this team is going to be mighty scary, and they'll probably go on a little bit of a run. And I'm kind of excited about it. But, uh, anyways, the playoff format. There's been actually lots of talk about the playoff format. There has uh, in the past couple of weeks. They mentioned it on Hockey Night in Canada. They did yesterday. I looked at the standings. And hypothetically, if we were doing a one versus eight type of playoff format, do you know who would play each other? I didn't look this Not as far as one versus eight, but Toronto and the Islanders would play each other if it ended right now as we're filming this. Wow. The Toronto Toronto Maple Leafs and the Islanders would play each other. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Like, let's do that. Like, we're missing such a great opportunity. It's so frustrating. Well, I think it was a... Was it Don Cherry uh, who said, and maybe others, they, I think it was Don Cherry on Coach's Corner, talked about the, the, the injustice of the fact that Toronto and Boston are going to be opponents of each other, and therefore one of the teams, only one of them is going to get to the second round, mm. where really they should both at least be to the second round and through it, right? Yeah. Um, and to have really good teams that happen to, you know, Tampa has had just a crazy run, and then you've got other two teams maybe that have equally crazy runs. This could finish where Boston and Toronto both have more points. Well, it'll be hard now to get more points than the Islanders, but Boston and, and Toronto are, yeah, could have more points than basically everybody in the Metro. Mm-hmm. Yet. And I don't think it's right that Tampa knows who they're going to play in the second round. It's going to be one of the two teams, Toronto or, or Boston. I don't mm-hmm. think it should be like that. No. Should, that's silly. It is. Like, it is silly. I agree. It, I because agree. if Tampa play the eighth seed and won, and we'll say the seventh seed beat the two seed, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay plays the seventh seed. Yeah. That's fair. 
And if the two seed beat the seven seed, they'd play the fifth seed or the sixth. Exactly. Or like it's, you, it's, they, they wouldn't know they would until. They would play the worst team that's left. Yeah. And that's how it should be. That's They've earned that be. right. Yeah. That's why you do what you do in the regular season. That's why you're on that 82 game grind. Mm-hmm. And that's what Stamco said in that interview. Yeah. He's right. He is right. So it needs I to agree. change, in my opinion. It's just silly the way it is. I know they're trying to create rivalries and stuff, and that's all, that's all great. But what about the rivalries that you're missing out on? Mm-hmm. Like if the if it had been one versus eight in the past five years, I don't know. Maybe Pittsburgh and I don't know Pittsburgh and Boston. Maybe they would have met each other three times in the playoffs, and there could be an absolutely intense rivalry between Pittsburgh and Boston right now that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it is frustrating. Anyways, uh, news out of Carolina. Have you heard that the storm surge is going away? Well, they they weren't going to do it at all, even last night, and then they went ahead and did it last night. Or I guess we can't talk about the game. No, you can talk about the game. Okay. But they did it. Yeah. But they weren't supposed to, were they? They, they had already well, said I, prior I, to that that they weren't going to do it. No, I think it's ending at the end of the season. Oh, okay. From my understanding. So just the storm surge or all of it? What do you mean? Well, the storm surge is a particular particular movement of a post-game celebration. There's other celebrations oh, that I thought don't... Oh, I thought the whole thing was just called the storm surge. Well, maybe technically it is, but the storm surge itself was one of the celebrations that, you know, you know there's maybe a basketball the one. one and the curling one and the, you know, the uh, the domino one or whatever. So I, when I heard, saw that the storm surge was going to be over with, I just thought it was that uh, that version of it. But I I could be completely wrong. The whole celebration thing is ending, from my okay. understanding. And and fine. So why are they doing this? Why are they continuing to do it? Or why, no, why are they ending it? Ending anything? it. Uh, because they've thought long and hard and they realized Don Cherry's right? No. <laughs> no. No. I think they're ending it so they can bring it back. Uh, it's time for the games to end a little bit. Uh, playoffs is, they're looking like they're going to make the playoffs. So they're trying to take things a little bit more seriously. I think that has something mm-hmm. to do with it. No. I think they're removing it so people miss it. And when it comes back, probably next year. People are going to lose their mind. Kind of like Conor McGregor retiring again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the code. I want to talk about the, the code. Let's talk about the code. So the code is that basically if you, well, there's there's a lot of intricacies of the code, but one of the intricacies of the code is that if you do something on the ice, uh, you need to answer for it. So if you lay a big check and someone comes to fight you, Generally, you need to to answer for it. If someone challenges you to a fight, uh, generally you need to accept. And we've seen a scenario like that recently where Paul Byron hit Uyghur a couple months ago. He got suspended for it three games, I think it was. Byron did, yeah. Byron. Um, and they met each other two, night, two, two games ago, and uh, Uyghur challenged Byron to a fight. And Uyghur basically knocked Byron out with an uppercut. Yeah. Byron is about 50 pounds less than Uyghur and about five inches shorter. So it's it was not even close as far as... And it wasn't going to be. It, there was no way Paul Byron comes out of this. Paul Byron's never been a fight in his life. Well, it, he it, that's his third in his career, I think. Uh, I, Paul Byron's not a fighter. <laughs> Paul Byron's a skilled, fast player. What? Why is he fighting? Is that part... Like, should he be fighting? No. 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 Are you are you upset that he fought? Yes. I, I am because after it happened, Paul Byron gave, I thought, well, first off, he got a three-game suspension. He also gave an interview where he 
showed contrition. He accepted responsibility, declared that's not the kind of player I am, and made a fairly detailed statement about his participation in the, in the original infraction. What I don't like is how it started when Uyghur asked him, are you going to own up for the hit? Mm-hmm. In my view, Paul Byron owned up for the hit already. Now, Uyghur wants him to know if he's going to own up for the hit on the ice. And that's, to me, not, not in the game. I agree. Do you respect Byron? Absolutely. Absolutely. I respect Byron a lot more than the players around him. Like Uyghur? No, the Montreal players around him. Oh, yeah. That should have not let it get there. I agree. When Byron's out there and they see Uyghur and Byron jawing, someone needs to talk to the biggest guy out there, whether Mm. it's Delorier or Andrew Shaw or anybody else, and say, get in there before that happens. That's the thing. There was two fights in that game. One was Paul Byron. The other one was, I think, Gulak or something near the end of the game against Troy Brower. Uh, Why? You've got Andrew Shaw, who can fight. You've got Max Domi, who's a very good fighter. Mm -hmm. You've got Nicholas Delorier, who's one of the best fighters in the NHL. Yeah. Weber can even throw... Weber can... Can can throw bombs. He he can knock down anybody. Why aren't any of these players sticking up for the Byrons and stuff? Like, yeah. That's... And knowing what was probably going to take place at some point during the game. I know you can't readjust all of your lines just to put on someone to help protect Byron, but it would only be until it happened the first time and then it's over. Now, that's over now. Byron and Uyghur are probably going to be beer buddies from now on. That's it, yeah. That's it. It's over. That's one good thing I like about the code. Once you've disposed of the the outstanding issues, it is over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't go on forever and ever. But I have tremendous respect for Paul Byron for doing that, mm-hmm. but he's an idiot. <laughs> like, he, do you, you, you must agree that he was stupid for doing that. Totally. Like, his team, his teammates must be pretty upset. Although they have tremendous respect for him, they must be pretty upset with him, especially the coaching staff, because Paul Byron is an actual crucial part of Montreal, even though that's not a big name in the, in the NHL. Uh his loss is quite devastating for the Canadians, and he might not be back. Mm-hmm. Like, even if Montreal makes the playoffs, he might not be back. That's how serious uh, concussions can be. So, I don't know. Very frustrating, but um, that's weird. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I have very little more to say, uh, but in the NHL, and I think this is where Don Cherry does have a point, uh, clearly, at least in the eyes of Mackenzie Weger, the NHL disciplinary system did not address all of his issue, and he wanted to finish addressing it. And we've got this stupid instigator penalty that, at the very least, he should have been dinged with that and probably should have been thrown out of the game because right. he was clearly, Byron wasn't egging him on. I, I think that I it is over. It's like... If, the, if When Florida and Montreal meet next year in a regular season game, do you think there's going to be any kind of arguments or anything between Byron and Uyghur? Not between the two of them. I don't I don't think so either. No. But I think between other people. Yeah. Andrew Shaw might come up on Uyghur and take him down a foot. But Uyghur fought the night before against, uh, was it Achari? Yeah. And he got he got absolutely smoked. Did he? Because Achari was throwing the lefts. <laughs> And we got, got destroyed. 
Uh, we have some breaking news here. CWHL? No, not really breaking news, okay. but it's uh, just a kind uh, contract. Uh, the Canadians have agreed to terms uh, on a three-year entry-level contract 2018-19 to 2021 with uh, Ford Ryan Paling. Ah. Mm. That really doesn't mean much. <laughs> Well, uh, he's now free from, obviously, his college hockey. Yes, he's uh, free from college hockey. He will be in training camp this coming season. Nice. Any chance they'll bring him in like they did with Hughes in Vancouver? Like a real quickie? Probably not with the not, season still on I the I mean, line. if they're sitting Cockney, Cockney Emmy, <clears throat> they're yeah. not bringing in Ryan Failing. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Um, game recaps. Hey, we're going to get to them eventually, aren't we? Florida and Boston. Wow. Luongo had one of the best games of his season. And possibly his last best game of his career. He was incredible. He made some outstanding saves and stops, keeping Florida in that game. And uh, Florida won four to one. Mm-hmm. So big game for Florida. Fairly insignificant game for Boston because I think they've set their position in stone as far as home ice. Yeah. Uh, so really didn't mean a lot, but still a little frustrating to lose to to a non playoff team when you're. As powerful as the team as Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Carolina beat Philadelphia 5-2. to two. Game was a little bit closer than it than it actually looked in the score. Absolutely. Uh, Philadelphia looks so disorganized at times. Uh, but two empty and two empty net goals by Carolina. Uh, Morazic was great. A crucial win for, for Carolina. This is a, a must win. Yes, they're ahead of Montreal and Carolina. Uh, and uh, Columbus, rather. But they still need to keep winning. They... They could even realistically sneak up past Pittsburgh, I think, for third in the Metro as far as things are right now. So mm-hmm. uh, you never know. Pittsburgh might drop down to a wild card spot. They might not make it. There's that's this, this is why this last week is going to be so exciting. Yeah. Uh, but, but good for Carolina to win that game. Uh, Ottawa and Toronto. Ottawa beat Toronto 4-2. to Anderson <clears throat> was absolutely Fantastic, and by Anderson I mean the Great. one on Ottawa. <laughs> uh, Forty-two saves. The other Anderson was being rested by Toronto, um, and Toronto loses again to uh, a non-playoff team. Again, specifically to Ottawa for whatever reason. Toronto struggles with against Ottawa, mm-hmm. but Toronto made it a game in the third. They were down two nothing. Austin Matthews and Connor Brown both score. They tie the game. That Connor Brown goal was very nice. It was very pretty. It's a nice shot. But then CC. Scored, made it 3-2, and then Duclair got the empty netter. So it yeah. looks a little more lopsided than it really was. Yeah, it was a close game. But Ottawa had, basically, they had scored uh, fairly quickly in the first two goals, and then all the second period was scoreless. So Ottawa held them down yep. on the mat, and Toronto got off the mat a little bit, but then Ottawa went, uh, no, I don't think so. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was pretty good. Uh, and, and that, that uh, no, sorry, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, there was, with uh, Craig Anderson, they were, I just took some notes of the game highlights I was watching. Two of his saves were off the shaft of his goalie stick. Yeah, one on one Marner, was a, I think. Yeah, one was on uh, Marner, yep, and the other I forget, but it was went off either the shaft or the knob mm-hmm. of the goalie stick. So How appropriate for Podcast 69. <laughs> uh, the next game was the Washington and Tampa Bay game. Washington won 6-3. to three. There's a serious rivalry here. Uh, like we said earlier, Ovechkin gets number fifty and fifty-one. And the most important thing about this game is that Washington com- they, Washington proves that they compete, that they can compete and win against Tampa Bay. And they've done that previously in the season. They've proved that they can compete against Tampa Bay because uh, the games 
this year between those two teams have been absolutely outstanding. There is a there is an actual le- legitimate rivalry between these two teams. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, and they could very well meet in the conference finals. Yeah, and I kind of hope they do because it would be an, a fantastic series. It would be every every game would be probably decided by one goal. It would be awesome. It would be, some of them will be double overtime, and they will be leaving everything on the ice. There'll yeah. be nothing left. They'll have to use. Uh, assistance to help pull these guys off the ice when the games are over. That's with. right. <laughs> Ovechkin got two, including 50 and 51, as we already talked about. TJ Oshie got two. Nicholas Backstrom got two for Washington. So they're spreading it around, but really not Yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the goal scoring. Tampa came alive a little bit uh, later on in the game, but it was way too little too late. That's right. Yeah. St. Louis beat New Jersey 3-2 to two with a very nice overtime goal by uh, Dunn. Uh, Allen played really well. Important win for him going into the playoffs. Uh, Bennington and Allen have kind of been switching back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bennington with the most of the games in the past couple of months due to his uh, hot play. But that was, an, that was a very important win for Allen as far as confidence because if, regardless of who wins or who, who wins, who plays in the playoffs for St. Louis, Confidence is going to be absolutely key, especially in Allen's case because he's had some inconsistency over the past couple of years. So, and regulation and overtime wins is an important tiebreaker in the in the points. And uh, St. Louis currently, with that win, ended up with forty one. They had forty regulation and overtime wins. And when the goal came in, uh, who, who uh, I had it written down here, right here, Vince Dunn. Two seconds left in overtime. When oh, he, yeah, when it was almost over. Goal. It was almost over. It would have gone to a shootout, which would have taken the opportunity away. Even if they'd won the shootout, they would not have had that regulation or overtime win. They now have 41. Dallas, who's chasing them, uh, possibly, uh, has 40. Mm, so close. It, it is very close. And that uh, Dallas has 89 points and St. Louis has 92. So that part of it is uh, is still a bit of a gap, mm. but there's three or four games left for these teams, uh, four in the case of St. Louis and three in the, in the case of Dallas. And that could change things dramatically. So that overtime win with two seconds left, it may prove to be an important matchup setting event. Yes, I agree. So. Very, very good point. Hmm. Uh, the next game was the Islanders and Buffalo game. Islanders won five to one, uh, absolute complete domination by the Islanders. They clinched a playoff spot. Uh, first time they've clinched a playoff spot in March since 1990 at home. I saw that. That's crazy. Bovillier had his first ever penalty shot. Yes, which he, did. he missed, but then he, he scored a natural goal just after it. So. He did. And then he got another one later in the game. I think. He did. He, he got the last, he got the fifth goal in the third period. Heck yeah. And they had a shutout on the go until Olofsson uh, on a power play late. Yeah, that was, uh, a, that was a complete domination by the Islanders. Total. That was an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, Montreal played Winnipeg. Montreal won three to one. Montreal played a very structured and defensive hockey game. Uh, Winnipeg playing with not that much urgency mm-hmm. as, as, as of recent. About a week ago, they played Nashville and destroyed Nashville and uh, played very well. But since then, they had a tough week. They had a real tough week. So They have. I don't know what... I don't know what that means for Winnipeg. They've already made the playoffs. They are fighting for, I think, top in the central. They are. They're tied with Nashville in points, but they own three more regulation and overtime wins. Yeah, so I don't know what that means going into the playoffs as far as recent play. You saw Chicago a couple of years ago who dominated the central, went into the playoffs, and got swept by Nashville by an eighth seed team. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm not putting. Well, I'm not putting Winnipeg in that same 
category no. as, as that Chicago team from that no. year. Uh, I think Winnipeg just having a couple of bad games, but uh, I starting a little little concerning, little concerning because mm-hmm. there was some real lack of urgency from Winnipeg in the first half of that game. Yeah, and the, the, I think the shots in the first period were like oh, it was crazy eighteen to six or something like that, or maybe even more egregious than that. But and the game ended. Montreal got over forty shots. Winnipeg was in the low twenties. Yeah, um, so it was. Pretty overwhelming. Uh, Hellebuck had some nice saves, though. He uh, did. Montreal, five on five is only a 1-1 game. Montreal got a uh, a power play goal and an empty net goal. Yeah. So. It was it was closer than it, than yeah. it seemed. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, Columbus played Nashville. Columbus won 5-2. to two. Columbus is playing like a playoff team. Uh, fantastic puck movement. Looks like chemistry is really starting to be a factor. I saw some, a little bit of line switching la- in last night's game. Uh, they had Duchesne on with Panarin and Atkinson, I think, for one line. I don't know. Maybe that was his... From what I saw, they were playing together a little bit, but that might have been due to a, a line change at a weird time or something where mm-hmm. Duchesne comes on and whoever comes off. Um, but they look good together, so who knows? I mean, you know, Dallas kind of does that a little bit, and they did it last night. They stacked the line with Radulov, Sega, and Jamie Benn. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an interesting strategy to do sometimes to you know do you want one really basically all star line or do you want to spread that talent between the lines so I don't know I don't know what the right strategy is there but whatever Columbus is doing this week has worked because uh, they've won four in a row and are probably going to make the playoffs so good news and when the game was still close late 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 in the first period it was only two one Columbus Nashville was still in the game. And then Bjorkstrand's goal was like two and a half seconds left in the period. Yeah. That just kills you. Definitely. And then you go, you come out in the second and uh, you're down 3-1 already. And of course they get another, uh, yep. get another one. And uh, anyway, it was too bad. Uh, Columbus, I thought when they played Montreal, because we watched that game closely last week, uh, and Montreal could have won that game. Columbus really put their foot on it in the last 10 minutes of the third and just blew it away. But Montreal was competitive in that game until, you know, well, well into the end to the second period, I would say. Columbus made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. a lot of giveaways, a lot of bad decisions that Montreal sometimes couldn't capitalize on. But that's a team that's still not gelled, I don't think, just yet. But they're playing much better. Much better. Than they were much shortly after better. the trade deadline. Yeah. Much better. Playing like a playoff team right now. They are. They are. And uh, they can do some damage. The way they handle Nashville is very impressive. Yep. yep. Speaking of playoffs, it looks like there's going to be a playoff matchup between the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. What a game that was. Uh, San Jose won 4-3. to three. Whoa. Uh, uh, probably the best game of yesterday. It was, it was unreal. 40 hits on both sides for each team. <laughs> including hits on their own players. Including hits on their own, on their own players. If you <laughs> haven't seen that clip, wow. I think Donskoy destroyed it. Was it Pavelski? Or it, it was, was uh, Logan Couture. Was, yeah, Couture. Uh, yeah. He was going for uh, Reeves and missed them all together and yeah. then hit Couture. And they, oh, it was hard. It was great. And, and I've heard it said before, when you hit your own guy accidentally, it hurts like three times worse. Yeah, because you're not expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was basically a playoff preview. Uh, Subban with another road loss. For whatever reason, this kid cannot win on the road. A uh, little frustrating as a as a Golden Knights fan, if you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was an awesome game. Can't wait to see these two teams play each other in the uh, Western playoffs. It's going to be fantastic. I, I I won't be able to stay up and watch them live, but uh, it's going to be fantastic. What a great series that's going to be. Because there were many scrums and fights. Many scrums. And they generally have a rivalry because they played each other in last year's playoffs. Yeah. So it's... It's going to be fantastic. Physical teams, 
uh, and to the point where it's actual hate. Yeah. It, it's it's hate, and there's which, not there's not enough hate in hockey. That, well, that's what Brian Burke says, right? There's you know we need more hate in hockey. That's right. There's a lot of hate there, definitely a lot. Um, the next game was the Anaheim and Edmonton game. Anaheim won five to one against Edmonton. Absolutely nobody showed up for Edmonton. Uh, Costin honestly sucked. He let in two two or three goals on his glove side as per usual. Um, there was just no no one really for for Edmonton. Even even Hitchcock said so in his post game I didn't see that yeah he was yeah. like he's like no one he, he said that no one showed up and they asked him if he thought it was Koskinen's fault or something like that and he said well I'm not going to call out anyone but well our stars need to be better our leaders need to be better our goaltending needs to be better have I missed anyone <laughs> the coach <laughs> I, I watched uh, a lot of that game as it as it happened actually because well, if you're if a Kraft Hockeyville fan, you were forced to because they didn't announce Hockeyville until the first intermission of that game or the Vancouver game. I was watching the Vancouver game. Yeah, but they had to wait till both first periods were over before yep. they showed us. I was watching the Edmonton game. And when it was still close, I think it was 1-1 at the time, there no. was a... What? Would have been one nothing. Okay. Well, Dreisaitl missed a, a beautiful one-time chance that he had at one end and went back to the other end. And I got in behind, and they were still on the rush, and there were some line changes taking place. And Clefbaum got behind his own net with the puck, totally in possession. And I didn't see it because the camera angle didn't show it, but Dreisaitl was just coming back in along the blue line on what would be Edmonton's left side heading down the ice. All Clefbaum had to do was roll that puck around to the blue line, and Dreisaitl would have had it and at least got it out of the zone. Mm -hmm. But instead, he backhanded it into traffic. And it went into traffic and bounced around. Uh, there was a, a few players got, got a bit of a touch on it. Uh, Adam Larson had it, uh, but then he gave it up, and it ended up being a goal. Hmm. And it was and that was uh, Raquel's first goal of the three mm -hmm. that he got. Nice, nice uh, hat trick for your guy Raquel. But that's a that's a dumb play. That's a that's a Jonathan Drouin play right there. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and. He was facing that side, that empty side of the ice, and probably could see Dreisaitl coming down out of the corner of his eye and got the puck to him. But he decided to, for whatever reason, backhand it right into the corner, and then it never got to the blue line and ended up in the back of the net. And that's kind of been the culture of Edmonton oh, all year, just stupid plays, like just like mindless plays like that. It was defensively. Very, so Yeah, they, they chased Koskinen after the first four goals. They put Stolarz in. He wasn't that bad. He, he let in another one, but uh, um, it's... Like it's like you said, I think it was last week. They've put their goalie eggs in that basket, in the Koskinen basket. They've signed him early in what three years? I think I thought, I thought it was four years. Okay, something like that. Four and million or three? I don't remember. It was bad. It was whatever yeah. it was. And uh, he he did not look good. No, no. Uh, the game after that was the Vancouver Dallas game. Vancouver won three to two. Uh, Goaltending was unreal. I watched the entirety of this game, every mm -hmm. single second of it. Um, both side, both ends, goaltending was great. Specifically in the shootout, uh, excellent third period of hockey to watch as a, as a straight hockey fan. Like if you're just a, a hockey fan watching that game, you're not cheering for anyone. Man, that was some good hockey. Um, fantastic. It went to the eighth round in the shootout. It was incredible. I was watching it. I was like, oh, can someone just score already? Like. I, I was so impressed with, with the overtime. Dallas had control probably for the first minute and a half in overtime. Vancouver didn't get the puck. Yeah. But when F Vancouver did get the puck, 
It was Patterson, Besser, and Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> and they put on a clinic. They did. Those three guys, they were throwing it around for at least a minute and, and had really good possession and some chances. They had some looks. They they had they had a great possession, but not really the great any great scoring chances. Mm. Hughes missed the net by a little bit. But. Yeah. And Hughes was in the shootout and, and did a pretty good job, but uh, yeah. first ever. So they, they threw him in, but Vancouver eventually got the win. But that was, it was round after round. Those goalies were incredible. Yeah, they were dialed in big Both time. Of them. Positionally, they were awesome. And I never got a chance to look it up, but I was going to look up, what is the record for shootout rounds when there's no scoring? When there's no scoring? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think the longest shootout was the Rangers versus, oh, I don't know who it was, Philadelphia or someone maybe. And it went to like round 17 or something ridiculous. And I think, oh, who was it? It was a defenseman that scored for the Rangers. It's like Mark Stahl or no, was it Mark Stahl? I don't know who it was. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, crazy. The last game of the night was the LA Chicago game. LA won three to two. Uh, did you see Wagner's sp- sp- that goal that Wagner scored? The speed goal. Oh, when, when he zoomed around, he he that was he unreal. Just, he had uh, McDavid type. Uh... That, that I've I don't know if I've seen acceleration. Like that from anyone outside of McDavid or Larkin. Like. He, he not only got by the the defense, it was like two or three along the blue line there. He skated around them all, but still had lots of room yeah. to get the turn in, and to get right in front and boom. It was it was probably one of the most impressive goals from the entirety, the entirety of hockey yesterday of all the games. So a uh, big goal for sure. Kind of a meaningless game a little bit. You think that, I don't know, five years ago, Chicago versus L.A., would have been oh yeah, Tremendous. two powerhouses Tremendous. playing against each other, and and now it's like mm, probably not going to watch that game. So <laughs> it's funny how things change. Yeah. Today's games, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. I think there are um, the Rangers versus Philadelphia. Who are you choosing to win? Before we do our predictions, maybe we should own up for last week. Or in my case, own up. Okay. If our predictions are to have any meaning, they. We have, to be, we have to be true have, to ourselves. Do you have how I did? I do. Okay. And you did quite well. Because I don't know. Last week, Washington playing Philly. We both picked Washington and Washington won. The Islanders playing in Arizona. We both picked Islanders and the Islanders won. Carolina, Montreal. You picked Carolina to win. You won. I actually went back. I didn't even pick anybody. I just talked about it and never got to a pick, and you <laughs> oh. never called me on it. So I oh. guess I get a free one there, but I, I lost, obviously. And then Columbus, Vancouver. I picked Columbus. You picked, or I picked Vancouver. You picked Columbus, and you won there. So you got all of your picks right. Oh, snap. No, sorry. The one we both got wrong Colorado, Chicago. We both picked Colorado, and Chicago beat them in overtime. Right. So you were four for five. Very well done. So to this week, uh, Philadelphia and the Rangers. Philadelphia is at home. Uh, they might be a little bit of tired because they played last week, but I'm thinking, or last night rather, but uh, I'm going to say Philly. I'm going to say the Rangers. Okay. Rangers are definitely winning this game. Yeah. When you say that for- forcefully, you're usually right. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Carolina and Pittsburgh. Carolina and Pittsburgh. I'm hoping for, and I'm predicting Pittsburgh wins that game. I am hoping for Pittsburgh, but predicting Carolina. Ooh. Minnesota versus Arizona. I'm going to pick Arizona in this I game. really want to pick Arizona, but I'm actually going to pick Minnesota. Wow. Well, one of us is going to be way right or way wrong yeah. here. Uh, Columbus versus Buffalo. As much as I'd love to have Buffalo win this, Buffalo's beaten up a little bit. 
Columbus on a four-game winning streak. I think Columbus wins this game. I agree. I'm predicting Columbus. Yeah. Boston versus Detroit. Detroit's been surprising lately, playing some good teams and winning. And Boston's been disappointing lately. But I think they're mad at themselves. I think they beat Detroit. I think so too. I think that's a, that's exactly what I would have said. They're they're a little bit upset with yesterday's loss. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna come out flying. I think against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, Calgary versus San Jose. This one's a hard hard one. It is hard. Calgary can clinch the West with a win. And I think that's very, very important to them to do that. Mm-hmm. San Jose, I think, left a lot on the ice uh, yesterday in in their game against Vegas. So I think they're going to have a little less gas in the tank. And Calgary, uh, I think, will win this game. I really want to pick Calgary, and I do think they're going to win. But uh, there's just something about this game that I feel like San Jose's got that monkey, that losing streak monkey off their back with the big win last night. I kind of feel like... San Jose is meant to win this game just to show Calgary that they can compete. So mm-hmm. I'm actually going to pick San Jose, uh, and I'm cheering for San Jose as well. So <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Calgary. Yeah. Um, streaks: Washington four game winning streak, Columbus four game winning streak, Detroit four game winning streak. Interesting teams in that. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, Winnipeg three game losing streak. Players of the week. Would you like to guess? Would you say Ovechkin? Is he in your nope. top top group? Nope. No. Uh, Raquel? Nope. Oh, okay. Tyler Batuzzi. <laughs> three games played, three goals, four assists, seven points, plus five. Honorable mentions to Pasternak, who, is a, who also got seven points and was a plus eight, but played one extra game than Tyler Batuzzi. Uh, Dadnov and Panarin also deserve some honorable mentions. As far as goalies... You gonna give it to Luongo for old time's sake? No, no. <laughs> I probably should, but no. Uh, Bobrovsky. Yeah. Four games played, four wins, uh, a nine sixty save percentage, and a goals against average of one. <laughs> so pretty good. Uh, and honorable mentions to Leonard and Holtby. They had good weeks as well. That's all I have to talk about, other than my ankle. Just want to give an update because I know people will ask. Uh, tomorrow morning at seven a.m., I have a doctor's appointment where I will get X-rays and potentially have my cast removed, hopefully have my cast removed. And, um, yeah, that's all i got to say. <laughs> Nothing's really has changed in the past week. But even if it is removed, you're not uh, dancing the two-step. No, I can't so. walk for another six weeks at least. Yeah. So uh, I'll just transition to a walking boot, and I'll be able to take that off to shower or sleep or whatever. So no time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm genuinely very excited for tomorrow. I'm really hoping I can get this cast off because it's driving me crazy. So, I uh, Just back to the honorable mentions. I, I would put an honorable mention in for Carey Price on the goalie side. Would you? I would. I would. Other than the stinker, other than the stinker, Montreal has taken, I think it's nine of the possible 10 points in the last uh, five games. And he's been behind or between the pipes in all of them. He's been fantastic. But... It doesn't, like, he could have won games for his team, and he didn't. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. Look what Jonathan Quick does on a regular basis. Look what Bobrovsky did last year for Columbus on a regular basis. I'd say of the four wins and over one overtime loss Montreal has, I think Carey Price is the difference in at least three of them. Yeah, but he could have been in that Columbus game, and he wasn't. Yeah. The team didn't show up, but Carey Price could have stood on his head, and he didn't. If I'm being a little hard on him, 
You are. But he's also getting paid $10 million. Ten and a half. Win games that you need to win. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Okay. We have heard it from. I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, the playoff series as they would be now. I interrupted you. You were still talking ankle maybe. Or... No, I'm done. Okay. Playoff series as they would be now. Tampa Bay would play Columbus. Tampa Bay is the season series. Three nothing. Boston would play Toronto. We've said this every week for the last, what, month and a half. Boston's up 3-1 in that season series. Washington would play Carolina. Washington has four wins in four games. So one would suggest that might be a quick series. I don't know, but I'm not sure. The Islanders in Pittsburgh is a different story. They basically have equal records going into their mm -hmm. uh, playoffs. If they were to play each other, none of these are cast in stone for sure, maybe except the Boston-Toronto matchup, which I can't imagine won't be the way it looks right now. In the West, Calgary would play Colorado if it were to start today. Calgary's up 3 nothing in that uh, regular season series. The Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights, two games each in their series. The Sharks won closer games, though, a 3-2 game and a 4-3 overtime game. Vegas's two wins were more lopsided, 6 nothing and a 7-3 for Vegas. So the total goals is uh, in Vegas's favor there. Winnipeg would play Dallas, and Dallas actually has that season series three games to one on Winnipeg. Nashville would play St. Louis. We talked about this the last couple of weeks. St. Louis played five games against Nashville, kind of a rarity, and has won four of them. And by pretty uh, convincing, you know, 6-2, uh, a 2 nothing. then they also got a 3-2 and a 5-4 overtime. The Nashville win was a 4-1 win. And Arizona, Minnesota, and Chicago are knocking on the door way back there. Arizona's three points out, and it's looking grimmer all the time, but not impossible. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Montreal Canadiens are tied currently with Columbus in points, but they're losing the tiebreaker of regulation and overtime wins by quite a margin. If Columbus makes it, realistically, they'll probably play Tampa Bay or Washington. Two very tough opponents. Very tough. Opponents. Same with Montreal. If Montreal makes it, they'll probably play Tampa Bay or Washington, depending mm -hmm. on Carolina. Yeah. So, And Montreal has been playing well, and they've asked some commentators. I've watched a few games where they're talking to some so-called expert in the second or third intermission or second, first or second intermission and talking just to generally about Montreal. And if you were Tampa, if you were Washington, would you want to play Montreal in the first round? And some of the commentary I've heard is, no, I wouldn't want to play Montreal. In the They're the round. ultimate underdog this year. So. Yeah, they really are. Um, there is some other breaking news today, and that's why when you had breaking news, I thought it might be about the CWHL. Right. Are you aware of it? Oh, yeah, I tweeted about it. I think, oh, you, oh, I, think, did you? Okay. I think you liked it. Oh, is that you? your tweet? I thought I liked the original tweet, but... Anyway. Um, yeah, you did like my tweet. <laughs> okay. I guess you know about it then. Uh, for the viewers, though, and the CWHL is probably something that doesn't ring a bell with everybody, but it's the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and they decided, they announced today that they're folding. They're going to wrap it up. Uh, last weekend, they had the Clarkson Cup, which is uh, Calgary against uh, Montreal. Calgary won the Clarkson Cup. Mm -hmm. The Clarkson Cup is awarded to the Women's Hockey Champion in Canada. Uh, it's named after and donated by Adrian Clarkson, who was a governor general uh, of Canada several years ago. She's still around and a uh, very well-respected lady. And it was done in the tradition of Lord Stanley, who was also a governor general of Canada in the 1890s, I believe. And he's mm -hmm. who's donated the Stanley Cup. 
The CWHL, they've been around since 2007. They've had lots of reorganizations and team changes. In the last couple of years, they they announced that they were going to start paying their players. And every player makes, I think it's at least $2,000 a year. And the salary cap for a CWHL team is 100000 So getting paid, get, becoming a professional hockey player is one thing. But the amount of money you're getting is obviously these people are doing it in their spare time because yeah. you can't live on that. So uh, it wasn't, can you call that truly a professional league? I'm not sure. And they had an expansion into China a few years back, but two of the teams in China consolidated into one. Mm-hmm. And so it was essentially, I think, seven teams altogether. Uh, one of them was in China, the rest were in Canada. And they had some pretty good TV viewing audience for the Clarkson Cup last week. There was 175,000 This season viewers. has been the most successful season for the, for the yeah. league ever. Yeah. But meanwhile, while all this is going on, the NWHL is underway south of the border, the uh, National Women's Hockey League. And they've been around for, they, they haven't been around as long as the CWHL, but they started paying their players before the CWHL. Mm-hmm. So they're the first professional women's hockey uh, league uh, in North America. And they're represented by Minnesota, Buffalo, Boston, the Metropolitan Riveters, which are playing out of the Prudential Center mm-hmm. in New Jersey, and Connecticut. Uh, they play for the Isabel Cup. Isabel was the daughter of Lord Stanley. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's kind of so cool. That's very cool. Um, I think what the NWHL has been able to do that the CWHL doesn't seem to have done is find solid partnerships with NHL teams. The Minnesota Whitecaps team has been around for many years, but they've recently announced a partnership with the Wild. Well, I think the NHL should step in and make some kind of partnership with women's hockey. It's the smart thing to do. It's the... Like, there's no... I can't believe it's not already happened yet, to be honest, but uh, I think the CWHL teams, <clears throat> excuse me, should merge with the NWHL teams, and that's likely the direction that things are going. I think, yeah, the CWHL had to fold, which releases their teams yeah. to do whatever, and maybe now they can start talking to the NWHL and making a bigger league, and a better league out of all of it, because to have two teams on either side of the, or two leagues, is uh, counterproductive, and it, it really draws away... Um, talent. Yeah. If you had Marie-Philippe Poulin, people like that, playing in in the best league, in the NWHL, it would be a much better uh, product of hockey. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And the uh, New Jersey team uh, is now affiliated with, uh, the, Jet, the, with the Devils. They, they play at, the, at, at their same <laughs> arena. Say, if you were to say Jets, that would be <laughs> that, weird. That, 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 that. Um, the Boston Pride, uh, which is the team there, they've affiliated now with the Bruins. The Buffalo Buttes were recently purchased by the same ownership group that owns the Sabres. Nice. And the uh, and in Connecticut, I guess they're just on their own. But uh, with the Montreal team, is called the Canadiens. Their uniform is very similar to uh, mm. to what Montreal Canadiens <clears throat> fans are used to. So I'm not. Sur- I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of a relationship there because I think the Canadiens play their home games in the Bell Practice Center. Yeah, I think there is a a a relationship there. Some relationship there. So hopefully, unfortunately for the CWHL, they had to maybe fold to get the evolution of women's professional hockey to the next level. But sometimes you have to, it's like a, you have gangrene in your foot. You got to cut the foot off and save the rest of the body. (laughs) Hey, don't make foot jokes at a time like this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hopefully when they get the cast off, there won't be anything green down there. Do you think if I removed my foot 
or, or if they removed my foot, it would be less painful? During? No, no. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Recovery-wise. I think it probably would be, but from what I understand, people who've lost limbs, they feel phantom pain for some time and mm. maybe permanently. They, they still feel aches and pains from the place that is no longer there just because the body's trying to interpret nerve signals and things. And uh, so it wouldn't be real, but it would be every bit as hurtful. So, yeah, I would not take that step just yet if I were you. Oh, no, you would not take that step. Well done. See what I did there? <laughs> when Byron was in that accident in the chipper, yeah, didn't he hurt his arm or something like that? And when they re... That was a different accident. Oh. He, he was in a rollover in his truck in Halifax, and oh. he and he took a, an off ramp a little too fast, and the truck went over. But yeah, he had a uh, a bad, uh, badly mangled his forearm and his right arm. Did he break his arm? Um, I don't think he. I don't think he broke it so much as he destroyed the tendons and stuff. But I, I don't think it was actually a break. But it's been a long time ago. It's probably twenty five years ago that that happened. But he had more. nerve damage or something or whatever. Yeah, and didn't. The, the way they reconnected the nerves, when you when you did that, he felt it here. Yeah, he felt it underneath his arm, <laughs> which is very so, Something was switched up. Yeah. And then the brain eventually adjusts to that and figures it all out. Yeah. And now it's, it feels okay, I presume. But uh, yeah, for a while there, that would be just odd. If you're like scratching the shoulder and felt it on this one, that would be like, yeah. oh. <laughs> and if you're itchy, where do you scratch? I'm itchy here. I think I'll scratch over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little crazy. All right. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching uh, on YouTube if you are. If you're not subscribed, I hope you can hit the subscribe button down below. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, uh, we appreciate that as well. Regardless of how you consume our content, it means a lot. So thank you very much for always uh, tuning in to us. I hope you're having a good weekend. I hope you're watching lots of hockey. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Adios. <laughs>